Know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. It is us. We are back. Those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton in the studio. He is Jeff Smith. He is at the Golf Cave, Edinburgh, Indiana's Timbergate Golf Course. And uh, and we're here for the next hour talking about golf, how you can get better, how you can enjoy it more, even though it is Thanksgiving week, right? Thanksgiving is Thanksgiving Thursday. Week. I haven't taken my turkey out prematurely, have I? It's thawing in the sink even as we speak. Is, <laughs> is that how you're supposed to do that? I think so. Or thawed in the refrigerator or someplace. I don't know. Those things are like a brick of ice and they take forever to thaw. I don't know. Try to put a turkey in the oven and it's not totally thawed. It's going to be Christmas before it gets cooked. So, <clears throat> yeah, you can uh, you can work accordingly. But um, but yeah, all the family be coming over. It's a short week, which means we've got to get all of our stuff done in three days. It normally takes five. And what about you? The day after Thanksgiving, man, is, you know, Black Friday. Is that a big day at the at the golf course for I mean, it's, I would imagine everybody, it's, it's, every guy in the world, his wife and, and kids are all out Christmas shopping. So he's finally got time to come see you. Uh, I know every year I could have a packed, packed day. Yeah. But always I have to say no, no, no. <laughs> because <laughs> i want to live the next day <laughs> so yeah. it is we're staying home we're gonna go buy the christmas tree we're gonna decorate the sucker you know we're doing that kind of stuff right, right? but this year is gonna be a little different because this year we have i i say we i managed to to convince trick could you, whatever um we're all going to be in Hilton Head for Christmas. So all that right. means the day after Thanksgiving is golf day. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, folks. Jump on back, Jack. I got some tea times booked. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. I'm proud of you. I yep. am proud of you. Hey, I've got uh, I've got a couple things I want to talk to you about. I mean, uh, a lot of us are, are hearing, a lot of us amateurs are hearing that uh, three woods are something that we shouldn't even worry about, not only not buying, but not even carrying. And we'll talk about that. And there's a question I have, too, about uh, concentration on the golf course. And uh, you and I might argue a little bit about it. But, uh, I'm sorry, what you I wouldn't pay attention. Yeah, yeah, see you in a minute. We'll <laughs> be right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Okay, you know the holidays are here, right? So stop the gift wrapping right now because I want to tell you about the perfect package. Christmas nuts? No, they're not pecans. They're not cashews. They're not walnuts. No, they're smooth. You ever stop to think maybe you got Santa's beard in your pants? You don't want that. No. In preparing the Christmas nuts, ever hurt yourself? Well, if you have, you remember it, and you're probably groaning and, and wincing right now. I want to talk about the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped. Inside that package, which is the perfect package, by the way, you will find the signature Lawnmower 4.0. It's an electric trimmer, proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, reduces cuts on the nuts. It also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower, too. Performance Package 4.0 also includes Crop Preserver, the Crop Reviver, 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, and Body Wash. This is the season to load up on Manscaped products, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friends, every guy you know, the perfect 
Christmas package. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GOLFGUYS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code GOLFGUYS. Clean up your nuts. Make Santa proud this year, huh? Attention anyone who is impacted by the current pandemic and has $2,000 or more in credit card debt. If any credit card companies extended your credit with attractive interest rates or low minimum balances, and now because of it, you owe thousands of dollars in credit card debt, here's some really great news. It happened to millions of people at no fault of their own. But thanks to a powerful program now approved, anyone with $2,000 or more in credit card debt can cut their credit card payments up to half and reduce or eliminate interest charges altogether. That's right. Our nation wide nonprofit program is helping U.S. residents cut their credit card payments. We've helped over half a million people with their credit card debt, and now we can help you. Bad credit card debt happens to good people. Get free of credit card debt today. Call Credit Guard of America now at 800-672-6925 to see how this powerful nonprofit program can work for you. The call and information are free. Call 800-672-6925. That's 800-672-6925. 800-672-6925. All right, it is us, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He's Jeff Smith. We've all seen golf tournaments, and we have all heard the whispered golf announcer. We have all heard the very subtle golf applause. Oh, golf golf claps. Golf claps, yeah. Yeah, that one. Right. I am going to say something right now that you may or may not agree with, and I don't really care. Okay. But I think it does not take more concentration to hit a golf ball than it does to throw a baseball 100 miles an hour into a catcher's mitt. I don't okay. think it takes more concentration to hit a golf ball than it does to throw a 35-yard pass on the back shoulder of a wide receiver that's moving at 15 miles an hour. Both of those can be accomplished with 70,000 people screaming at them. Yet golfers are, oh, no, he made a noise and he screwed me up. (laughs) It only adds to the whole overall appearance of golf being for wimps. Do you want me to disagree with that? I don't care if you disagree with it or not. It's my opinion and I happen to firmly believe it. Well, I'm not going to argue with you on this. It would be more fun if I did, right? But honestly, I don't know what kind of concentration it takes to throw a pitch from a mound in a stadium or throw a pass on the back shoulder, a 35-yard pass to the back shoulder of a receiver or to shoot a puck in an arena. I I don't know what those are. I can't compare. I don't have some sort of meter in my head that says it takes a lot of concentration to do any of this stuff, but it does take a lot of concentration. It does. right? You do have to remain focused. And no matter what endeavor you're doing, if there are outside distractions, you have to find a way to block that out. So in all of these things that you just mentioned, I don't know which is more, but I do know that everybody who does all of those things well has that ability to be in the moment Mm-hmm. and not be disturbed by the crowd. Well, let's bring it back to golf, man. Let's let's go to, uh, you know, February, Phoenix, Waste yeah. Management Open, 16th hole, par three, right. 20,000 yeah. people. Which is cool. And the they're all making noise. They're all rooting. 
you know, if a marshal was out there holding up a quiet sign, they'd throw beer cans at him. Yeah. I, okay? I think that part might be a little bit overdone. You don't need to throw beer cans at the guy. Exactly. But at that point, the guy shouldn't even be there out. because that's a waste of time. Yeah, they don't have the marshals out there because they know it would be a waste of time. I don't see a whole lot of triple bogeys on that hole. I see just as many pars and birdies on that par three as I see on every other par three on the PGA Tour. What I'm you saying know, is I, the 20,000 people screaming don't seem to really bother those guys. You know, it makes me wonder. Here you are talking about this. It makes me wonder if anybody's ever done the stat on that. They would have had to. I mean, they they keep stats on shots gained putting with only four hours of sleep. I mean, these guys keep yeah. stats on everything. We ought to yeah. crash the website and find out. Okay, good. That'll be great. Because I think that's a great idea because could you imagine like, okay, so who would we have to get on this show, right? So what do you say we get Peyton Manning? Okay. And we say, okay, Peyton, you tell us. That'd be one of the questions. Out of all the places you played college football, you played in the in the dome stadiums, you've won Super Bowls, and you've played golf on televised on television with a microphone and mm-hmm. all that when you're on national TV on both of those things, right? He right. could be he, he could be, be somebody we'd put on the show because he would definitely be funnier than you. And maybe <laughs> uh, funny, right? <laughs> uh-huh. 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 I'm sorry. All right, um, that's, that's one for today. Okay. Yeah, this one, if we're counting, right? There's <laughs> score. Yes, sir. But <laughs> we tally so, them up at the end of the year, man. But there's some. <laughs> we're at November already. <laughs> that was a good one. It's one of the ones up there, right? But how many people could you think of besides Tom Brady? We're not putting him on the show because they just don't like the Patriots, and I know he's with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. now. But anyway, how many people? could tell you from both perspectives on the national TV level. I know I know a couple of uh, baseball players. It takes so much, not only concentration to throw a ball, but to hit a ball. I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. The Louisville Slugger Museum is here in town because that's where they make Louisville Sluggers. That's it's the name. But there is a display in that museum. You step into basically a batting cage and there's a video of a pitcher throwing a 90 mile an hour fastball. And I swear to God, you hear that ball hit the catcher's mitt behind you before the guy finishes his motion. The pitcher's arm is still moving down and the ball hits behind you. And you go, how in the world can you hit something like that? It's amazing, isn't it? It's almost like the the brain needs to make the decision to swing through a zone so he can do that before he sees it. Okay, so can you imagine the decision that the player has to make, the batter, on where in the in the pitching motion, the, yeah. the hands way up behind, and he's got to make that decision on whether he's going to swing before that thing gets even out here, because that thing's coming in so fast. And he's got to swing guy, through the zone. That's there's crazy. a guy whose name I can't remember. He won the batting championship a lot, uh, American League batting championship back in the uh, 70s and 80s. He played for the Red Sox. He played third base. And I, I was listening to him do a, the discussion he had on hitting. And they asked him how he, how he decided what pitch was coming, what, what kind of a ball was being thrown to him. And he said, I look at the dot. And he was being interviewed by another baseball player who said, what dot? And he said that the label on the golf ball, depending on the spin of the ball, looked like a red dot. He said if it was a curveball coming in, he could see a red dot on that ball. 
And the other guy was like, no, you can't. <laughs> wow. And it, I mean, it's just amazing. But the one thing I don't want to, I don't want you to think that I'm saying is okay. Is, is the chumps who scream. It's in the hole. Whenever a guy hits the ball or whenever the guy hits the hole. Cause you know, those guys are just there. So their friends at home can hear them. Yeah. Right. But cheering bona fide cheering for somebody that you want to do well, clapping, uh, cajoling, encouraging, whatever the word is. It's sports, man. Golf is not special. It's a sport. Well, I think there's a little bit of difference. Right? Let's let's first think, and and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make any excuses for this or anything. I'm just want to point out some differences, right? Sure. All right. So the the proximity of the players to the people, and then the relative quiet versus the burst of whatever noise, right? That would mm-hmm. be startling as opposed to like, if you're talking about baseball players standing on the, the mound or at the bat, the proximity to them versus throngs of people, you know, they're, they're yards and yards away. And there's this general roar that they might be able to tune that out versus the, the, the quiet versus something startling. Right. I think yeah. those two factors would probably be, big difference makers in the player's ability to uh, concentrate over something, you know, like if, if you couldn't hear over the general roar uh, of the, of the baseball crowd or the hockey crowd or the football crowd, that's far away in the echoey stadium and all that general noise that's above your head, that's different. You know, if somebody said, Hey, John, I hate your mustache in that arena, but if they were 12 yards away from you and everything was relatively, you know, relatively quiet and they said, Hey John, I hate your mustache. You might actually hear that. You know what I mean? I think that their brain would probably go, "Ah, I I blocked all this stuff out in this big world of noise, but yet um, in, in without that, then somebody pipes up and says that you would, it would like hit you. That's yeah. all I'm and then you'd be a difference maker. And then you'd lose the excuse. I didn't hit that shot right because a camera clicked next to me. But we all need our excuses, even pros. Even the top level guys. <laughs> That's right. They're, number one, still's got an excuse, man. So keep using them. Uh, there is, however, one club that experts are saying you should pull out of your bag. I mean, just... It, during this commercial break, uh, go get your, your bag and bring it in, and we'll tell you which club you need to remove right now. Maybe you can sell it. Who knows? We are those weekend golf guys. We'll be right back. There's a company I want to tell you about called 10,000. And 10,000 makes the highest quality, best fitting, and most comfortable training shorts that I've ever worn. My favorite, the 7-inch interval shorts. This is their most popular, most versatile style, too. It's perfect for gym. There's silver ion for permanent odor protection. There's no-bounce pockets. And there's an optional liner that's very comfortable, and it prevents chafing. It's great stuff, too. And I'm not just saying that. I know that to be a fact. Because when I opened my first order, my daughter, the fashionista, was here. She saw it. She felt it. She goes, ooh, daddy, this is nice stuff. You know, the holidays are on the way. Gear from 10,000 makes a great gift for any fitness enthusiast on your list. I'm just saying. 10,000 is offering our listeners 
offers 15% off your purchase. Go to 10,000, the words, write it out, 10,000.cc. That's .cc, not .com. Enter the code GOLFGUYS and you will receive 15% off your purchase. 10,000.cc, code GOLFGUYS. The Social Security Administration's computer servers are 45 years old. Computer servers at Health and Human Services are 50. Maybe that's how cyber criminals hacked U.S. Census Bureau's computers where everything about you is stored. The threat of some cyber thief stealing your credit card is not your biggest risk. Your massive risk is that he takes over ownership of your home. It's called home title theft, and the FBI calls it one of the fastest-growing crimes. Cyber criminals simply hack into vulnerable government, bank, or mortgage company servers where copies of your home's title is stored. He forges your signature, stating that you sold your home to him. Then he borrows on your home and leaves you in debt. You won't know until collection notices show up. Protect your most viable asset. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. And use promo code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO. HomeTitleLock.com. It is us. We are back, those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton. He, of course, would be Jeff Smith, one of the well, top 100 golf teachers in the world, as it says here uh, from Golf Magazine. And you went to that uh, the little confab they had down in uh, North Carolina, hanging out with your 99 other buddies. You know what? It was a, a really good show down there. Really good, uh, really good conference. I feel very fortunate to be a, a part of a, a group of minds that are that smart and a group of coaches that are that good at what they do to be yeah. considered that is a is an honor you get there and you walk around the room and they consider you one of them yeah and that's a whole different feel than yeah. you know what i think there. is very important uh, and very very welcomed the nomenclature is changing you guys are not being referred to as teachers as much as you are now as coaches which i think is much more descriptive of what your position should be in the life of a golfer, whether it be a professional golfer, recreational golfer, or whatever. Well, in terms of job function, I am 50-50. Yeah. Because, I mean, think about it this way. Think of this radio show for, as a good example. Am I not teaching by talking about yes. certain things? Yes, you are. And at the same time, I'm also coaching mm -hmm. by doing that. Well, I do that every day with every player, that right. there is a certain amount of teaching of information and cleaning up their head to make sure that there's a certain amount of that that works. Right. And then there's a certain amount of coaching that goes along with making sure it continues to happen yeah. and that the player doesn't go off sideways in, in something. So there's the educational piece and then there's the coaching piece. I, I don't know if the shift of language is needed to be the entirety, right? I mean, I think that it's, it's really hard. What are you going to say? I'm a top 100 teach coach. Coach teach. You know, right? I, I think the shift in language does nothing more than really, it does nothing more than set it in the mind of the uh, the golfer that this relationship should be an ongoing relationship, that I'm not going to come into your studio, I'm not going to give you a check, and I'm going to walk out knowing everything I need to know. Yeah, that's right. So there's this educational piece, Golf 101, Golf, you know, Bunker Play 101, and on and on right. and on, right? You talk about all these topics and call it whatever you want to. But yes, you're right that the players get an ongoing relationship. The players get when they come and ask for help, they're asking for not just for me to solve a problem, although that is some of the people's 
issues, right? Come to me. I got this problem. I need help getting it done. Teach me how to do it better, mm-hmm. right? That is part of it. But you're right about the coaching aspect of it. It does somewhat imply to almost everybody that there is a relationship being built and maintained. Yeah. Right? That's that's the important thing. I mean, because yeah. I, I had taken lessons before, but I did it. I did it the, uh, you know, uh, teach me how to do this. Okay, here's how you do that. Okay, thank you. Uh, see you later. Bye. Uh, but until I, I started yeah. hanging out with you, um, the ongoing, uh, the coach relationship kind of thing, it, it makes sense. Uh, while you're hanging out with your uh, other 99 buddies down there, were they talking about uh, the the topic that seems to be floating around now? I don't know why it's becoming so important in, in every every different venue I see now, but I've seen a couple of these articles that, Amateur golfers, recreational golfers should take the three wood out of their bag because they can't hit it. You're right. They can't. So here's here's the deal. This has been going on for quite some time, right? Club manufacturers want to sell you another club. Right. And they're going to say, this is the easiest one to hit. We hit this one the best. We hit this one the highest. We hit this one the farthest, blah, 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 blah. Right. Okay. But let's get to the point of the facts of it are this. If you have a low lofted club, something along the lines of 13, 14, 15 degrees in a club head. And if the center of mass of that club, center of gravity of that club, it is not so stinking low, you'll have a hard time launching that ball into the air and keeping it into the air because you don't have enough club head speed to provide enough force on the ball and enough spin on the ball to keep it in the air long enough that it will go farther than a higher lofted club. For example, a four wood or a five wood, right? So a four wood, a lot of those have 16, 17, 18 degrees of loft, right? Right. And five woods are 18, 19 and 20, whatever, but they have a low center gravity, low center mass of the club head Mm -hmm. and a higher launch and enough spin to keep it in the air longer. So remember the old Callaway Heavenwood? And yes, I do. Like, Man, I hit that thing farther than I hit my three-wood. Yeah. Why is that? Well, they put a three-wood length shaft into a seven-wood head. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, somebody could hit a ball off the ground because it had enough loft. Right. The average Joe could hit a ball longer with the Heavenwood seven wood head with three wood length shaft longer in the air and get more out of on a day in day out basis than they could their three wood. Yeah. Because it's it's, after I read it the first time I actually went out and, and did a little comparison and, and they are right. The best I did with my three wood was hit it as far as my five wood. Most of the time, not as far as my five wood. Right. And and the one time it went as far was because I hit it so sweet. <laughs> I mean, okay, it was one so, of those that sounded great, but it was like the thirteenth time I hit it. So you know, I had the swing kind of down. So, you know, so if this is you out there in the in the world of our listeners, mm-hmm. I'm going to say this as nicely as I can possibly say it. Okay, so we're going to call our listeners John. Yes, for, we always do. Yes, as we always do. Okay, John, doesn't that tell you that if you hit your five wood 
longer than your three would, doesn't that tell you that you simply don't have a lot of club head speed? Okay. Because <laughs> it should. It does, yeah. Because those players out there with a high enough club head speed can hit the lower lofted clubs off the ground a lot farther yeah. than they can the others. Don't don't have a lot or don't have enough. They don't have the do if they do have a lot of club head speed. Right. I mean, but you said I don't have hit. a lot of club head speed. Yeah. I got I got enough. <laughs> not but for not a three wood. For, not <laughs> enough for that. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's let's say that I was for some reason concerned about how many clubs I had in my bag and did not want to exceed the 14 club limit. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's all sit back and laugh at that one for a minute, shall we? <laughs> we don't have time right now. <laughs> laugh on your own time, okay? <laughs> <laughs> what would you suggest if do you think maybe a higher lofted wedge would be a better choice for for a recreational player? So, I love to ask people the simple question and say, "Okay, what position do you find yourself in more often in need of a club to get you the right shot? Do you find it on the long end of the bag, the, the far away from the, mm-hmm. or do you find it up close to the green and need another club there? Because if you're putting, if you're just stealing from the long end, right? So I got a driver and I got a five wood as my go far clubs off, you know, one off the tee and one off the ground. Mm-hmm. And that's enough to get you into wedge range. Then go get yourself enough tools on the short end. Okay. Make sure that you have the tools for the job that is necessary. Okay. But then again, if, if you're short of the green because you're lacking in the long clubs. <laughs> but there's, there's twofold to that, right? Okay. If, is there a long club that you can put in your hand that actually gets you more length off the ground? So you've hit your drive, John. Right, And it is a measly little drive and it isn't putting you in a place where you can get a club on it easily that gets you onto the green and you have to hit a longer club, say a hybrid right, or maybe a seven wood or a five wood maybe. And yeah. if you can get those longer clubs onto the green, okay, great. But a three wood isn't going to get it if a five wood isn't going to there. Right. Gotcha. If okay. if the five wood's not pulling it off, don't reach back for the three wood thinking this one will for sure do it because <laughs> it's going to roll more. Yeah. I know. I love that one. They actually think that it's going to fly further, yet it doesn't, than the five yeah. wood for most people. Right. And then they actually think that it's going to roll more because it has less loft. So therefore, it will roll more. But yet, guess what? It hits the ground sooner because it didn't stay in the air long enough. Mm-hmm. And it may have more roll, but it sure had less flight. So it hit the ground sooner. And then you're at the mercy of all the friction on the ground. Like, for example, an uphill landing area or just a gooey soft fairway. Right. And it still doesn't get there. Refer back to physics 101 and friction. Yeah. And and see why that is not such a great idea. It's not such a great idea. So So again, the answer to the question I just asked is your patented it depends answer. Of course. I have patented that, by the way. There's a patent number, and there's this whole string of numbers of eight miles long for that answer. It depends. That's trademark. Jeff Smith, 2000 (laughs) and whatever. We're at 21. That's where we're at. Wow. Can you believe that? All right. Well, what we're going to do 
then is we're going to take our three woods out and we're going to sell them to people who have not heard this episode of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Do it quickly at a high price. <laughs> and maybe go buy us a seven wood. Because I, I, I used to have a seven wood, man. And you're right. It was it was a phenomenal club. It was a go-to club. Oh, they've got something similar to it now called a moon wood. Have you seen that? No. It's kind of like an egg wood. <laughs> I have not seen that thing. Yeah. It's the same Is that one of those like things a... that you buy on late night TV at two o'clock in the morning because you saw somebody on a commercial that used to play on the tour and yep. he's like out there going, this is the greatest thing I've ever hit off the ground in my whole life. You yep. need one of these. <laughs> and, and I've got a brother-in-law who buys them all. <laughs> it's so funny because they, they I swear to God, they, all those crazy club commercials, they use the same golf course in Arizona yeah. all the time. <laughs> It's got the same mountain in the background and you're out there and then, you know, they're using an elevated T cause you can see it. Yeah. They're like, I can't believe how far I just hit this driver. Guess That's what? Right. That's you're, cause, it's, cause you're in Tucson at 8,000 feet. That's why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. We're going to actually let him put his uh, instructor slash coach hat on when we come back and, uh, and learn us something. We are those weekend golf guys. Don't you move. Hey, I want to talk to you about Liquid IV. You know, I asked the folks at Liquid IV, I said, this stuff is great. Why does it work so good? And they said, well, it's a cellular transport technology. We're going to explain. I said, no, no. Come to think of it, I don't need to know how it works. I just need to know that it works. This time of the year, especially, you're not going to notice how dehydrated you get. You're not going to sweat a whole lot. And keeping hydrated is very important, whether you're on the golf course or whatever you're doing. One stick of Liquid IV and 16 ounces of water is going to hydrate you as much as 48 ounces of water would and who wants to play golf or do anything with 48 ounces of water sloshing around in their belly love the flavors lemon lime strawberry watermelon my favorite pina colada whatever your favorite flavor you can get liquid iv nationwide at walmart or you can get 25 percent off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code golf guys at checkout 25 percent off anything you order when you get better hydration today using promo code golf guys at liquidiv.com this is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design the kind of experience you can only find in a lexus suv a feeling this empowering is invite only fortunately you're invited experience the versatility of the complete line of lexus suvs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the invitation to lexus sales event now through april 1st experience amazing at your lexus dealer And we are back. Thanks for hanging. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. He is, of course, at the uh, Golf Cave at Timbergate Golf Course in Edinburgh, Indiana. And I'm in a studio far, far away. I can't look out the window and see a golf course like he can, which kind of sucks. I do get the good fortune of just turning around and go, hey, look at that yeah. out there. <laughs> look That's at what I see. I noticed two days ago that there was snow somewhere in Indiana. Were you too far south for the snow? No, I was unfortunate enough to see some of it. Oh, bummer. Mm. And for those snow lovers out there, I am one of you when I'm in the mountains. Yeah, and has skis attached to his feet. (laughs) When it's near Christmas time. Yeah. And when I don't still have the itch to go out and play golf. (laughs) That's when I'm one of you. But for other than that, 
the first snow of the season does not necessarily thrill me when I'm still in full golf mode. Yeah, this is not one of those times. We we were speaking, and again, it's it's Thanksgiving week, so happy Thanksgiving to everybody who's uh, about to uh, stuff themselves. Please, no early Christmas decorations. Thanksgiving Day, once it's over, then you can you can trans transfer yourself into Christmas mode. Please wait until then. <laughs> we were talking earlier about Three Woods being basically a superfluous club for most recreational golfers because they don't have the swing speed to uh, to use it to its full ability. Um, if you were to get rid of the three, would you suggest maybe going to a higher lofted wood or – Maybe taking some extra lessons on learning how to get that swing speed up to where a three wood would work for you. Wouldn't it be nice if yes was the answer to both of those? Yes. But we know the crowd of folks we're talking about. Yes. They are more than likely going to go replace a club in their bag than they are to learn how to use them all better. (laughs) That is unfortunate because one – is just merely marketing that got to them going, this one will do the trick. Yeah. And the other is actually an admission that they need help. <laughs> we all know the human condition. Help me, so help me. <laughs> uh, we would love for them all to go learn how to hit it better. And then they may have more success with the clubs in their bag. And then the golfers wind up winning and the club manufacturers don't. Okay, so how let's let's set the the stage. Let's, let me give you Mr. Typical Golfer. Uh, he's fifty something. He plays golf a minimum of once a week during the season. Let's call him John. Does John have a mustache? <laughs> Depends. <laughs> he, he might. Yes. <laughs> Facial hair being fashionable as it is. Um, that guy, that guy right there, is is it – I don't want to use the term easier, but let's say most effective. Which would be quicker, getting a club that he could hit already or learning how to hit – learning because swing speed is something that you just don't develop overnight, man. Well, now take – hold on a second there, John. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the collective John. Right. Not you, John. You just voice the collective. Exactly. Right. So maybe there's a serious deficiency in how you're going about it that once the deficiency is removed, it is an instantaneous jump in club head speed and distance. I see it often. Really? I did not realize that was a possibility. Sure, because of course, John, collectively John, yes, you all don't think you're doing anything that's inefficient, <laughs> i.e. wrong. Mm. <laughs> Hence the, I don't want to take a golf lesson because I don't think I'm doing anything inefficient or wrong, or there's some small change that could have a humongous impact on my club head speed. Okay, like what? But yet, so let's just say, collectively, John, mm-hmm. that your stance 
is, let's say, off balance by a little tiny bit. Okay. You are now inefficient. Because okay. once the swing starts and you're off balance, you become more off balance. Right. And you're using bodily energy to maintain the golf swing and maintain the posture and maintain the ability to not fall over. And all that energy being used for that is no longer being used in speeding up the club head. You see what I'm saying? I hear you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And let's just say that you added that to maybe you were holding on to it with one hand a little bit too tightly. Let's say it's your lead hand, John. Okay. That would be the left hand for a right-handed golfer. That's right. It would yes. be. The one with the glove on it. Yes. Yes. The death grip that people tend to put on it. Right. So let's think collectively, John. Let's say that you're squeezing the snot out of it. Aren't you slowing down your wrist action? Yeah, if you're if you're tight, yeah. You yeah. Do. yeah. So then your club head doesn't travel nearly as fast as if your wrists were soft and supple, <laughs> zipping the club head through there. Isn't it unbelievable how all of a sudden those two small but yet also common things do things to slow down the club head? Huh. And yet, huh, you don't think that you're doing anything that is inefficient. And yet I just pointed out two common things that's, that I see all the time on the lesson tee on a daily basis. Those are two shockingly common things. How do you know if you're holding the club too tight? Well, one is a way to find out how easy is it for you to snap your wrists and have the, you know, like they're fully cocked on the way back and they're uncocked at impact. Mm -hmm. How easy is it for that to happen? And does the club face get there squarely? Okay. And you can check that by seeing which direction the ball flies off and when you make contact <laughs> right, with it. Right away. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> That's a dead giveaway. <laughs> it is a dead giveaway, right? And so you may want to consider the notion that it could be something small, could be something that you had not perceived nor even thought about. As I see the look of quandary on your face going, hmm, he may be on to something there <laughs> that I have yet to consider. In the words of Stephen Urkel, do I do that? <laughs> <laughs> it's very possible, sir. Mm -hmm. And could you imagine? Let's say that your club head was slowed by a mere four miles an hour. Okay. How much distance that could equate to. What is Let's imagine a driver increasing by four miles an hour over where it, where it once was. Okay. I think you've just gained about 12 yards. Whoa. That's, just from the club head speed increase. That's not too shabby. No, not at all. Could you imagine if all of a sudden said inefficiencies in your golf swing led to off-center contact? Say you were a little bit toward the toe. Mm-hmm. Say, let's say it's halfway between the center of the club face and the end of the lines of the grooves toward where that part is on your iron that's not grooved, right? Right, And it's halfway between that. And you've just lost probably, say, 10 yards. Wow. 
Yeah, I know. Small things, eh? Seems like they're insignificant. But I just mentioned three things that I see frequently. That's kind of scary because how many times does the average recreational golfer make perfect center face contact? Oh, not as often as they think. (laughs) (coughs) Tis true. Tis true. Yes. You know what you need to do, folks? Get honest with yourself about what part of the club you're cleaning off, assuming you clean them, um, what part of the club face you're cleaning off more often than others. And once your club face is clean, why not take a look at the strike pattern on the club face? Why don't you? Mm. What do you say you just take a look? Because you see, the ultimate goal, of course, to everybody in their quest of, oh, I want to go buy a new club because it goes farther, is really the quest to hit it farther. Right, right. And yet, when you miss the center of the club face, because maybe, oh, you're off balance some, or your grips, your hands are too tight, or you miss the club center of the club face for some other reason, and you've lost it, your tendency as a player, John, collectively, John, Mm -hmm is to run out to the store and go buy a different club because somebody else said, you're better off with my club because my club hits it better than the current one you are playing. Yeah. Even if it was last year's my club. See, that's the problem. How, how do you talk to people who refuse to understand that? Uh, like I just did. Because, I mean, I've got, I've got people I play with who their grip, I, I mean, just what I know from listening to you, I can look at them and tell them their grip is wrong, their stance is wrong, their swing is wrong, yet they keep professing ignorance or surprise when the shot that they've envisioned isn't the shot they have with the club. And it's like, I don't know anything to tell you. I don't tell you, but why don't you go get a lesson? He goes, no, I need to go get a new driver. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> um, so um, there's an evangelical this. zeal you need to approach these people with, man. Or a baseball bat. <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> that right? helps too, I guess. No, but sometimes a little bit of cold-blooded common sense actually helps. Yeah. Sometimes I'll say, really? Are you thinking for sure that a different club will all of a sudden get struck in the middle of the face when this one doesn't? Yeah. Is it that different of a club that all of a sudden the body that's swinging it will all of a sudden be able to deliver the club to the middle of the face? And, and, now I've got their attention and I've riled them a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they, they scream obscenities at you and walk away. <laughs> well, but I say it with such a smile on my face that they don't, they're not quite insulted just yet. I said, I wonder, then I'll say something along the lines of, I wonder what this club actually, how this club performs when it's struck in the middle of the face. Can I see it? <laughs> Now's when they get mad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want you touching my clubs. <laughs> yeah. You might do something better with it. <laughs> that that is 
both frustrating and inspiring when you hand your club that you can't hit to save your life to somebody who knows how to use it. And the good thing is that not only do you know how to use it, but you know how to teach the collective John how to use it properly. Well, because the singular John doesn't come up here often enough. <laughs> it's, it's 110 miles away, man. <laughs> I have to call a travel <laughs> agent to get there. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but a thing. Man. <laughs> uh, we'll just have to make a day of it someday. But, you know, now that you're top 100, I can't afford you anymore, man. <laughs> <laughs> True. It's in the contract. <laughs> Okay, so I mean, there's your choices. Pull your three word to learn how to use it. <laughs> it's up to you. We'll be right back. Of course, we have a Facebook page Facebook.com slash golf guys, Facebook.com slash golf guys. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Generic Sildenafil allows you to save up to $650 on Viagra. Why pay name brand prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get the same results for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 50 generic Sildenafil pills for just $99. Call 800-705-4051. That's 800-705-4051. Again, 800-705-4051. A few moments yet together here with those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. So like we said, you can pull your three wood and sell it to somebody and go buy something else. Or you could uh, take a couple shekels out of your pocket and go maybe get a lesson on how to hit your three wood. If you're not hitting it in the middle of the face, chances are pretty good you're not hitting any of your clubs in the middle of the face. Right. And if you got a couple shekels in your pocket, why not take a golf lesson? Well, that's what I was and, and alluding from, to from, there. For, for, from someone who has experience in helping people, someone who has a track record of getting it because they obviously have seen enough and know enough on how to help you get better. So if you're going to reach into the pocket for a couple of shekels before you start assuming that you're really good and the club is really the problem, you may want to rethink that scenario and go, I wonder if I spend a couple of shekels on self-improvement, I might not have to go through this routine of this club is better than the last year's club because guess what? It might not be. Which brings us to this final point. This week is Thanksgiving week, which means this week is also Black Friday week. You have a golfer, an avid golfer in the family, and you want to get them an avid golfer's present because they have everything else they possibly need. Don't buy them a club because you don't no. know what club they need. You don't know what club they want. You don't know what club they can hit. But golf balls, always safe. But you know what they'd really, really, really would like? Go to your local pro. Go to one of the guys with an indoor facility in your town or whatever. Find a PGA golf professional and buy a package of maybe three, five lessons. That would be the best Christmas present you could give any golfer unless they're already on the tour. And then they already have a coach. So they don't need you to buy it for them. But everybody else that doesn't have one does so i want to buttress your point thank you that's not a, that that's a gift that a golfer would love when they don't have to admit they need it anyway they're going to take them because somebody else decided it was good for them right so now all of a sudden they're willing to do it they're doing it because the wife bought it not because i think i need it yes because yep. they can call me on the phone and say jeff 
I got to use these lessons. My wife bought them from me. Yeah. Let's get together. Yeah. That's a whole lot different than saying, Jeff, I'm broken. I need your help. (laughs) That is way different. So here we go, guys. Maybe you could ask Santa for golf lessons, you know, subtle hints, so you don't have to admit you're broken, so that you can get fixed before next season starts. And maybe you can keep that three wood in your bag and actually hit it right. Or otherwise, hit your clubs, center face contact, and have a lot more fun playing golf. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.